2: Hello and welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. In this episode, I'll chat with Steven Nesbitt of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about the Pirates. It's part of a 30-episode series of team-by-team check-ins that my co-host DJ Short and I started back in February. They'll run right up until the opening of the 2017 reg- regular season, uh, which essentially means we have one week to go. We've also started our weekly podcast. We have two of those up already where we discuss headlines and break down rankings. Um, and those always usually come out on Friday, so check for those. If you like what you hear today about the Pirates and you want to research another team ahead of the 2017 regular season, you can find the old episodes in iTunes where you should subscribe and rate and review us, which helps get the word out about the podcast to other listeners. Um, you can also find the episodes at Stitcher. The Google Play Store, Audio Boom, and of course, we always post them at the Roto World Baseball website. Enjoy this chat with Stephen Nesbit of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette as we check in on the Pirates. Thanks so much for joining the podcast, Stephen. Um, I see you're a big, you're a Michigan alum, and this episode should post sometime Thursday afternoon or evening before Michigan tips off against Oregon in the Sweet 16. So before we get into baseball, do you want to go on record with a college basketball prediction for that particular game?
0: I don't know if I'm ready for a prediction because uh, <laughs> Oregon is a, they're a pretty darn good team. Yeah, uh, They have some terrifying uh, post presence. And, uh, and I guess the, the good thing for Michigan is like a, a guy named Chris Boucher uh, is over the year for Oregon. He's pretty good. So uh, I, I've, I feel good about Michigan, but they're a pretty young, pretty inexperienced team, so we're just going to have to see.
2: I was actually going to ask you how Michigan is doing what they're doing, but then I w- looked at their schedule, and it's not like they had like a bad loss this year. They just dropped some like tough games in the Big Ten regular season and then got on a roll, it seems like.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, they've relied a lot on that. They have two seniors, Zach Irvin and uh, Derek Walton uh, at guard, and then you have... Uh, two big men who no one really knew what to think of them. Uh, a guy named Mo Wagner is from Germany, and then uh, and then DJ Wilson, who's a guy who came in as a I think he's a five-star potential one and one and done type, and then he basically sat at the bench for two years, and he's finally come into his own. So those big guys have been really, really helping them down the stretch here.
2: Yeah. Anyway, this this is our check-in episode on the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are a baseball team, not a college basketball team. Um, they missed the postseason for now. For yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, allegedly, actually, they'd make a pretty good basketball team. Um, so not to
0: not n- not to pump my own tires, but I did do a blog last week asking all everyone on the forty men uh, roster if they have if they claim to have dunked before, and so you got some pretty interesting candidates. Tallest guy who has not dunked before. Yvonne Nova at 6'5". The shortest guy who has dunked before, uh, I believe that was Josh Harrison.
2: Wow. I'm, I'm guessing that like Gregory, Gregory Polanco has dunked and McCutcheon has dunked.
0: Gregory has. Uh, Andrew has. Yeah, he's done in high school he could dunk. Yeah, I believe that.
2: <laughs> That's really good content. The
0: basketball podcast. <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe we should just keep rolling with this. Um, so the, the Pirates missed the postseason last year with a win total of 78. After making the playoffs in 2013, 2014, and 2015, I think if you're to look at that drop off to an under 500 record without any context, you might think, well, that might be like the end of an era for them. But with context, you'd know that there were injuries and that some guys simply underperformed, and that there are a lot of reasons for optimism moving forward, including for 2017. Is that the vibe down in Pirates' camp that last year was a down year and that they're still one of the top teams in the National League?
0: Yeah, I think at some point last year they're they're kind of just throwing their hands up and, and unsure what to do because uh, for to have the success they had in 2015 when they had 98 wins, um, sort of an absurd success considering where they'd been the previous you know couple of decades. They just haven't seen anything like that. And uh, basically, the the, the way it, it looks is everything that could have gone right for that team in 2015 did, and then last year, uh, sort of the opposite. They had Andrew McCutchen was uh, was completely ineffective uh, for the majority of the year until August, when they uh, sort of fell out of the race. Finally, mm-hmm. uh, Garrett Cole was injured three or four different times and only made 21 starts, and and there are very 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 few people who matched their performance for 2015 or ex- exceeded it, and and you know, you do have to tip your cap to Starling Marte. had an all-star year, uh, and it certainly emerged as, as one of the best outfielders in the game, uh, and offensively, he, he's still a bit of a probably more of a singles and doubles hitter, but he'll take that for now with a you know 300-plus batting average. Uh, and Gregory Polanco had a great first half, and then I uh, don't think I mentioned Jameson Tyone came into the major leagues and, and did what everyone hoped he might do, and that's put in a, you know, give you a three-something ERA in a half of the season. And, uh, and he, he solidified as their you know, number two guy probably with, with Derek Cole and Yvonne Nova this, uh, this coming year.
2: It, it was a relatively quiet winter. The Pirates re-signed Ivan Nova, who was never dunked, to a three-year, $26 million free agent deal in December. And I think most would agree that was a really strong move after the way he flourished last year in Pittsburgh. They also brought in reliever Daniel Hudson for two years, 11000000 million. We'll talk about him in a bit as it relates to the closer situation. I get the feeling they explored some significant trades but backed away from that market when they saw the price of playing poker, the package of multiple top prospects that it took to land guys like Adam Eaton and Chris Sale. We know about the rumors the Pirates were listening on Andrew McCutcheon throughout the winter. Do you also get that feeling that they would have liked to have been more involved in the trade market and do you think they're going to try again in that regard this summer?
0: Uh, I for the summer absolutely I think they will be involved uh, for the off season. Honestly, I don't necessarily think so. I think the Pirates prefer to, to sort of see what they have before they make these big big moves, and so they they feel they know what they have in Ivan Nova, so they brought him back. And as one person in the organization told me recently, is sort of the worst thing that could happen for them this off season was the rumors of the Quintana trade uh, that they were interested in or you know at least uh, pursuing that a little bit. Uh, because then then the fan base thinks that it's Quintana or bust and then you <laughs> resign nova basically taking Quintana off the t- table uh, and saving all of your prospects and the fan base isn't happy because they wanted Quintana and so uh, they' they're in a bit of a, a tough spot there um, but other than that they didn't lose a whole lot right they needed to yeah. find a middle of the ro- they needed to find a middle of the rotation starter but beyond that the the biggest losses for agency were Sean Rodriguez who unfortunately is going to be out for the year uh, and Matt Joyce, who had great seasons off the bench for the Pirates last year, guys who came in uh, pretty uh, lowly regarded at that point, and uh, and now the fan base sort of wants those guys back. So you don't know who's going to blossom this year, and so the Pirates would sort of like to see what they have in camp right now, see how that develops in the start of the season, and then, then into the second half of your question. Uh, toward the trade deadline, if, if they feel they are not in the driver's seat, then, yeah, they very well may could uh, – they very well may trade uh, Tony Watson, who's uh, going to be a free agent in a couple of mu- uh, couple uh, months beyond the tra- trade deadline, same as Mark Melanson was last year. Uh, and they could trade Andrew McCutcheon, who has an option year left next season, uh, if they feel like their best avenue to keep a playoff contending team on the field year in and year out is to trade him now and get more value for him.
2: Fantasy baseball people always want to know as much as possible about closer situations and with the Pirates, to me at least, it seems there's a little less certainty than you'll find with some other teams. Is it going to be Tony Watson out of the gate? He finished 2016 in that role or do you think newcomer Daniel Hudson gets a shot or is there someone else and like who's next in line? Give me like the picture of of that bullpen as, as the regular season
0: approaches. Yeah, the, the, the incumbent closer now is, is Tony Watson, and he's going to start the season there. There's been no questions about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the question is how long they stick with him. He, he's he been, for the last uh, handful of years, one of the one of the very best left-handed relievers in the game. Uh, once he got put in the closer role last uh, August when when Mark Melanson was traded, he did have a couple stumbles. He had a really tough uh, stretch, maybe five, uh, five outings or so. And his numbers ended up being... Uh, you know, on the wrong side of three for the first time. He's a ERA for the first time uh, in several years. Uh, so uh, they didn't uh, didn't kill them last year. He wasn't the reason that they, they uh, didn't make the playoffs and they, you know, had a 20-game drop, 20-win uh, drop. But uh, they, it's someone to keep an eye on there. Now, the thing is, you have to know with the Pirates, if you're a fantasy person, is that Clint Hurdle, the manager, does tend to stick with his guys maybe longer than... Uh, than fans would like him to at times. He the way he describes it is, is when guys arrive and they have a they, they open a bit of a bank account with him, and every good thing they do is they're depositing into the bank account. And just because <clears throat> just because at some point they take out you know they withdraw something, they have a couple bad outings, doesn't mean it's empty, right? Doesn't mean that you should pull the plug on the whole thing, um, and, and you know put him out on the street. So uh, so Watson, I think will have a bit of a leash and he'll be okay and. Uh, and then to to the future, they have Daniel Hudson signed. Uh, he'll be with them again next year. And so he could be an option for a closer, and he has experience doing that. Uh, and he's looking to get back on track after uh, it really was, a you know, a, about a month there in the middle of the summer last year that completely derailed his, all of his numbers. And uh, otherwise, he was a pretty effective pitcher. Now, of course, you can't ignore that for one month he was very, very, very bad. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's in camp and he's going to be one of their setup men, but the person you want to keep an eye on, and I don't know if I'll I'll be honest, I don't actually play fantasy baseball, but if you're going to be in some sort of dynasty league or something like that, you have some keepers, then Felipe Rivera, the left-hander they got in the Mark Lanson trade is going to, uh, if I had to put money on it, going to be the Pirates closer, uh, sooner than later. And probably not this year, because I do think Watson will be all right in that role. Uh, given his track record, but Felipe Rivero is a guy who uh, throws uh, harder than any left-hander except uh, Earl Chapman in the majors, and so he uh, he's going to be uh, an asset for them. He also has uh, a, a absolutely devilish uh, changeup, and he uses it a lot. And it's uh, and it's 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 a little weird thing a lefty throw probably eighty six or eighty seven, and that's his changeup, but uh, it's got action on it, and it's a very very effective pitch he's a strikeout machine uh so he's a guy that you're going to want to watch and as of me speaking uh on whatever day this is wednesday uh i believe he still has not walked a guy in spring training so rivero is going to be a guy you should look out for that's
2: good stuff um andrew mccutcheon was something close to a top tier fantasy outfielder for going on five years between 2010 and 2014 but his stolen base numbers have really fallen off over the last two years and then his batting average and OPS took a big dip in 2016. You're probably tired of the topic as a whole at this point, so let's just zero in on the stolen bases. Um, Do you think there's any hope of a resurgence in that department? Has he talked about feeling more spry this spring? He's only 30 years old after all, and as a new 30-year-old myself, I have to say I've never felt better. (laughs) No, that's a lie. But but has, has has he talked about maybe stealing more? I mean... Six stolen bases last year and thirteen attempts.
0: Yeah, it really is pretty pretty crazy. You pair that with his his uh outfield defense and the decline in his yeah, range and, and uh it's you know, for people who loved watching uh him in his most athletic, it's a bit of a surprise because you don't think he should be through his prime now. And of course that's what everyone is trying to figure out. That's why the why the sense of urgency this offseason uh, with potentially trading him is what is his value, and, and maybe that's why they weren't getting exactly what they wanted in offers, because when Andrew McCutcheon is at his best, you could trade him for just about everything with two years left on his contract. So uh, to your question, stolen base numbers, I don't imagine they're going to improve too much. Uh, I don't think that's a big part of his game at this point. Now, he would disagree with me on that. But um, what he has admitted is he has said to to a couple reporters here, that uh, last season, being you know discouraged and a little bit disheartened by how little he was getting on base, he was hesitant to run because he didn't want to run into outs and take himself off the bases once again uh, for Greg Blanco or sterling Marte or whoever happened to be behind him. Um, uh, that is what he's saying at this point. He didn't say that last year, but I suppose with perspective, maybe maybe that's uh, that is the case that he just wasn't really confident in his base running and, and didn't want to let the team down further. Beyond his 241 uh, average, I think it was through July, and he just, you know, if you're not getting on base very often, yeah. like you're used to, you just don't want to run into outs. Uh, so, so I mean, that could be that's a decent argument there. And so, uh, and so, yeah, let's say his mindset's right, he's back to batting three hundred, he's back to 800 plus OPS. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, he's going to be great for fantasy, but I don't think the, the stolen bases probably are going to be a huge part of his game. Uh, speed is there in bursts, but I, I don't necessarily think, uh, that's going to be one of his, uh, five tools going forward too, long, too much longer.
2: I, I track and write about player news on a daily basis, but I don't feel like I have a very good grasp on the status of Jung Ho Gong with, you know, just about 10 days to go until the start of the regular season. So finally, a shorter question. What is the latest you've heard on him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure the Pirates have a good grasp on what's happening either. The, the latest we have heard is Young Half News Agency over in South Korea has reported he is a, appealing the uh, the sentence that he was given. It was a fine in and in an eight-month suspended sentence, suspended for two years. Uh, if he, um, if he is, you know, has good behavior for two years, uh, he's not going to have to serve the, that eight-month sentence. Uh, but... Uh, for those of you who haven't paid too much attention, he was arrested for his third DUI since 2009 in Seoul, South Korea, and he currently is waiting for his visa to come through for the United States. Uh, he, uh, It sounds like, and I'm saying that because we just don't have a lot of information from that side of things, he applied for it once, and because the trial had not yet occurred he wasn't you know the u.s. didn't grant that visa mm-hmm. and so they're they're refiling and they're still waiting and i really honestly have no clue how long this could take yeah. but he is on the restricted list that's the news uh they placed him on the restricted list which means once he starts missing regular season days he won't be paid he does not take up a 40 man spot does not take up a 20 or five man spot uh so the pirates have have room to play with that means david freeze will be there every day for space, uh, third baseman to start the season assuming jung-ho didn't just arrive this instant and get ready, and you know, within 10 days, uh, be ready for opening day. Very unlikely they're going to have him report to Bradenton in Florida, and he's going to have a modified spring training whenever he does arrive. We'll just have to wait and hear what the news is when he, you know, when he finally will be able to come and get that visa.
2: Let's talk a little bit about Garrett Cole, who was one of the best pitchers in baseball in 2015, finishing fourth in the NL Cy Young voting but he battled elbow problems last year and was limited to 116 innings with fairly mediocre stats there's also a history of some shoulder and lap problems how is Garrett Cole looking this spring as his fantasy owners pray for a bounce back
0: <laughs> yeah I think he he's certainly in line for a bounce back he yeah. uh he looks really healthy this spring he, he we just saw him the other day looked really strong um, and uh, you know he's, he's in sort of full bloom here, ready for the season. And he's going to be their opening day starter in, in, at Fenway Park on April third. Uh, he he is where he wanted to be a year ago. Uh, a year ago he started spring training, sort of battling uh, uh, a rib inflammation injury. He had uh, he had a uh, he had an arm in or what was it, it was a triceps injury in June. Yeah, you know, really from the start of the season to June he pitched relatively well. He had I think a two four or something like that. Um, and relatively well for for him is far better than for most pitchers. Um, and then once he came back from the triceps injury, uh, look at those stats, and it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. He comes back has a has I think maybe one bad start, and he comes and throws a complete game against the his first complete game against the Mariners, and it was fantastic. But then the rest of the way was just uh, it was a mess for him, and so he he got his his uh he got checked out, and he ended up. Going on the disabled list once more, and coming back for one start, and that lasted I think a couple of a couple of batters, and I don't. I really should remember that a little bit better, but it was not a long start. And then he went back uh, on the disabled list for then for the rest of the season. Yeah. So 21 starts, uh, which is not what we're used to seeing from him, but I do think he's going to be back and in a better place, and certainly has a bit of a chip on his shoulder after after last season went so awry.
2: I also want to ask quickly about Tyler Glassnow, who's been a top-pitching prospect for a while and made his Major League debut last year with four starts and three relief appearances. Uh, I don't think the Pirates have really publicly discussed their plan for him in 2017. Do you have an idea of what they're going to do? Is, is he going to open in the rotation? Is he headed back to AAA? Is he going to come up as a reliever? Uh, do you have any, any clear picture on what, what the plan is for Glassnow?
0: Uh, nothing clear. No, their their fifth starter spot is up in the air. It's going to be either Glassnow, Drew Hutchison, Stephen Brault, or uh, Trevor Williams, mm-hmm. and uh, you know a couple of good options there. The the thing with Glassnow, uh, or I guess with this argument, we should start with Drew Hutchison. Uh He's the guy that got back in the the trade that sent Francisco Liriano and a couple of decent prospects to the Toronto Blue Jays last uh, the trade deadline last year, and uh, so, the fan base at least wants to see if you got anything back in that deal, and so regardless of, uh, you know, basically, there are some pretty bad bad vibes here toward Drew Hutchison only because uh, because their thought is that's all we got for <laughs> Francisco Liriano, yeah. who may well be a, a great pitcher again this year. Um, Hutchison is making two point three million this year. He has four hundred plus innings in the majors. He has experience, granted, not great experience in the majors. Um, and so I, I would say he is the likely option there Stephen Brault is a left-handed option he's had a good spring uh, Trevor Williams probably is a guy who down the line uh, could help them in the rotation or the bullpen Glass now has been uh, extremely inconsistent this spring, he's had a couple really really bad outings he, uh, his last one was very very good, uh, he pitched against the Phillies and was was it was uh, exactly what you want to see, so his first and last starts of the spring have been great uh, everything in the middle was, was pretty disastrous um, so I think because His chance to make the rotation, I think, was to come into spring and just be completely lights out. Yeah. Uh, and he hasn't been. He's shown inconsistency. And so despite the fact that he is uh, admittedly far too good for Triple A, he's going to continue putting up great numbers. The smaller things, the ability to throw the changeup, the ability to throw secondary pitches, the ability to hold runners, which came into play big time last year in his starts, uh, it's going to be hard for him to learn that stuff at triple a because his fastball simply is good enough to overpower those hitters and so he needs those reps in the majors but there is enough for him to work on tweak some things in his delivery uh so i i i am fairly certain in saying he's going to start the season uh at triple a and if he if he shows pretty quickly that he's got everything in order and he shows consistency uh i do think he can help them in, in 2017, and I think it is the best-case scenario for the Pirates that he does help them uh, pretty early in 2017.
2: Thanks so much for joining the podcast. I, I feel like there were some really valuable answers in there. Um, you want to tell our listeners where they can track your work this spring and then throughout the summer?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, our website is post-gazette.com. Uh, you can click around and find the Pirates page there. It's myself and Bill Brink who, uh, who cover the Beats. And on Twitter, I am at Stephen J. Nesbitt, uh, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, uh, no V stuff, and uh, last name Nesbitt, N-E-S-B-I-T-T.
2: All right, man. Thank you so much. That was, that was great. Go Michigan.
0: Cool, man. Go Blue. Go Blue. <laughs> I
2: want to thank Stephen again for joining the podcast. Again, we've done three episodes per week of these team check-ins since back in February. We'll have one on every team by the time opening night arrives um if you want to check out old episodes go to itunes subscribe look back at, on all on all the old check-ins that we've done you can also find us at stitcher audio boom the google play store and of course the World website you can follow me on twitter at d-r-e-w-s-i-l-v that's drew Silve without the a thanks for listening to the to World baseball podcast